Hello, word nerds. Welcome to another episode of The Dictionary. For you, there is no break, but for me, I am recording this on January 2nd, 2024. What? At uh, 7.09 a.m., I have had a full week and a half off from, from the real world, real life, quote unquote, and I'm real tired. <laughs> You'd think that I would have gotten so rested having a week off. It's the holidays and all that stuff. Uh, but no, I was spending time with family, uh, staying up late, not sleeping great in a hotel room bed. Um, and so, yeah, it was really hard last night to get back onto a normal routine, going to bed at 9 p.m. instead of like 12 or 1 a.m. And then, uh, yeah, so I'm just like, I'm just real tired and lazy and I just want to take a nap. Uh, but no, I am here to record an episode and then do a full work day and then do some more stuff after that. And I got an itch on my nose. Um, so yeah, I just real quick, I have to say I had a great time hanging out with my family. We get together, we rent a house area, a bunch of rooms for, for the holidays. And it was very good to see them. We hadn't done this because of the pandemic in... I guess it was four years, four years we hadn't done our um, annual holiday house time thing. So it was really good to get uh, get together with everybody and, uh, you know, lots of card games were played, multi-person solitaire, the game Set, S-E-T, is a very uh, popular game in our family, has been since like... 19 I want to say like 1991 we've been playing set and we are real competitive and uh, running charades that's the other big thing that we do every year many games of running charades uh, and then you know people just uh, making making meals and talking about what's going on in their life because I don't see these people probably more than once maybe twice a year so it's uh, yeah it's it's a good time all right, we really got to get into these words. Uh, the first word in this episode is epidendrum. Epidendrum. E-P-I-D-E-N-D-R-U-M. Noun from 1791. Any of a large genus of cheaply epiphytic orchids found especially in tropical America. So uh, the genus name is also epidendrum and maybe we need to put a picture on the social media at dictionary pod for uh, one of these epidendrum uh orchids yeah they're uh they're orchids chiefly epiphytic orchids the name is from the epi prefix plus dendron which means tree so somehow for some reason they named these after trees and I don't, I don't know, is this the stalk? Is the stalk similar to a tree trunk? I don't know. Epidendrum. Well, the word drum is in there. I see it. I think you see it too. So I'm just going to go uh, for my sound effect. Boom, 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 boom. The next word is epidermal. E-P-I-D-E-R-M-A-L. Also epidermic. Adjective from 1816, 
of, relating to, or arising from the epidermis, which is coming up in this episode real soon. So anything that's coming from the epidermis is epidermal, and maybe it has epidermal growth factor. Three words, noun from 1966. A polypeptide hormone that stimulates cell proliferation. A polypeptide hormone that stimulates cell proliferation. It's the epidermal growth factor, and I think we need to put a link in the show notes for this because that uh, that definition isn't very helpful. What exactly? It's something about the growth of your epidermis. Epidermis. Noun from 1626. 1A. The outer epithelial layer of the external integument of the animal body that is derived from the embryonic epiblast. Oh, and didn't we learn about the epiblast recently? Um, The embryonic epiblast. Uh, But specifically, the outer non-sensitive and non-vascular layer of the skin of a vertebrate that overlies the dermis. So I don't specifically, because it's been like a week and a half since I recorded, I don't specifically remember what the epi prefix is, but I kind of have an idea. Here we go. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. It's coming back to me. All these things. Upon, besides, attached to, over, outer, after. That's the epi prefix. So basically, the epidermis is sitting on top of the dermis. So I guess what... What you see, the skin that you see, is the epidermis. And then the lower layer below that is the dermis. And I think there's another one below that, too. So, what was that? I think it was the uh, the Simpsons joke. Nelson was, he said, Your epidermis is showing! And then I think that was when Bart was jumping out of his treehouse into his pool. This is a very old episode. And that's when he, he got all... He got all flustered. Oh my God, my epidermis is showing. Oh, what, what? And then he fell and he didn't land in the pool and he broke his leg, which ensued a wonderful uh, rear window parody episode. And then Nelson said, it's funny because the epidermis is your hair and it's not your hair, it's your skin. And then he said, excuse me, ha ha. And that's the Nelson epidermis joke. I think he said epidermis. I think that's what he said. Okay, now we've got one B for epidermis, which is any of various animal intugaments. I'm not entirely sure what an intugament is, so I guess we have to learn about that in the eyes. Number two, a thin surface layer of tissue in higher plants formed by growth of a primary meristem. And I don't know what they mean by higher plants. Are they literally higher up? Are they taller? Do they grow higher than the lower plants? Or are they smarter? Do they make more money than the other plants? What are these higher plants? Um, and, um, and then there was a, a formed by growth of a primary meristem don't remember if I've learned about what a meristem is, but we'll get to there someday. 
Uh, this is from the Greek prefix epi plus the word derma, which means skin. That's it. The next word is epidermoid. M-O-I-D. Epidermoid. Adjective from 1836. Resembling epidermis or epidermal cells and also made up of elements like those of epidermis, as in the example, an epidermoid cyst. And so the cyst is made up of things like the epidermis or relating to resembling the epidermis or the cells that are from the epidermis, the epidermal cells. And so, yeah, this would be just a cyst maybe on your skin or right under your uh, outer layer, skin layer, something like that. Epidermoid. Yeah, it's just another way to say, you know, related to the epidermis. Boom, 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 boom. That was more of a bass line than a drum line. Next is epidioscope. Epidioscope. E-P-I-D-I-A-S-C-O-P-E. Noun from 1903. One, a projector for images of both opaque objects and transparencies. So you can put, this is interesting, I don't even know if I've heard of one of these things before. Now, when I was a kid, they had the transparency projector, which had a, uh, uh, f- a flat top that was clear and a light below it. And you could put transparent things on there. So it would be a piece of paper that's transparent, but then there's some printing on it that is opaque, that's solid, not transparent. Or you could draw on them with markers. And that image would be projected onto a little box which had a mirror in it. And the mirror would then, because it's a mirror, it was angled, like 45 degree angle. It would shoot that image out onto a screen so we could all see it. But there's also projectors that will project an opaque image onto a thing. Those are maybe a little bit fancier, I guess. And so this thing, this epidioscope, could project both, uh, you know, a solid piece of paper image or a transparent piece of paper image, both of them. Interesting. Let's put a link. No, no. Let's put um, a picture on the social media for this epidioscope because I don't even know what this is. And uh, from 1903, over 120 years ago. And um, do we need to put a link in the show notes for this too? I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if I feel like it. I don't know. Uh, Number two, the synonym. The synonym is episcope, which is going to be a handful of episodes from now. Episcope is also an epidioscope. Now, I don't know if you're hearing this, but I've been hearing this over the last, I don't know, week or so. My S sounds, in the front of my teeth, they sound weird. And I think I clench my jaw when I sleep. And I wonder if my teeth are are being shifted around. So I wonder if I need to go get this checked out and get a mold made. And so I, wear, I might have to wear, I might have to wear a, one of those mouth guards when I sleep so my teeth don't get all messed up. But yeah, it feels like something's not right there. And my S sounds are getting weird. Next is 
Epididymus. Yes, Epididymus. There is a character in the movie Labyrinth called Sir Didymus. I don't know if that's related to Epididymus, but let's find out. Oh, it's spelled E-P-I-D-I-D-Y-M-I-S. Noun from 1610. We just got one definition here. It is a system of ductules, 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 emerging posteriorly from the testis, that's T-E-S-T-I-S, testis, I think that's one testy maybe, that holds sperm during maturation and that forms a tangled mass before uniting into a single coiled duct, duct, which is continuous with the vas deferens. Okay, let's see if we can break this down. Well, let's look at the etymology first. Uh, let's see, this is from the Greek prefix epi, and also the word didymos, which means testicle or twin, which is interesting because typically there are two testicles, two testes, and so there's a there's a relation between the word testicle and twin. Uh, and that is from the word dio, D-Y-O, which means two, and there's more at the word two. So, so what is this exactly? Now, it's not, so it's saying that something is on top of connected to these two things. That's what the epi prefix is. Um, and it is a system of ductules emerging posteriorly from the testes that hold sperm during maturation and that forms a tangled mass. So I think this is basically what this is saying, is that this is the, the probably the majority of what's going on on the inside of the testicle. This is where uh, the sperm are maybe made or at the very least held onto until they are ejected, ejaculated. Um, so it's a whole bunch of this coiled mass of stuff. It's a, these ductules. And then eventually they go into one duct, which then is connected to the, the rest of that system, that tube system. The vas deferens goes through the, uh, the, 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 the word that I can never think of, the prostate, and then out through the urethra. Um, so yeah, I think it's just the just the inside of the testicles is what this is, the majority of it probably. Epididymal, with an L at the end, is an adjective. We already read the uh, the etymology, so we know what this is. But which which part, which definition of epi are we doing? Upon, besides, attached to, over, outer, after, I don't know. None of those really make sense to me because I think this is all on the inside of the two testicles, or maybe you just have one, or maybe some people have three. I've never heard of that, but I'm sure it's possible. Epididymis. Part of the, well, I don't really want to say male reproductive system, but uh, you know what I mean. Okay. Next is epididymitis. Epididymitis. Now, if you know that itis suffix, you probably know where this is going. And this word was actually in a very silly uh, Monty Python song where they were talking about all these um, medical conditions they have. Um, I probably heard this song when I was a bit too young because there's a lot of very any adult kind of things. Anyway, epididymitis 
is a noun from 1852, and this is inflammation of the epididymis. And this sounds not good, very painful. As someone who has this part, I would not want that part to be inflamed in any way. Epididymitis. Nope. Thanks. Nope. How does this happen? What, what, what's going on to make this inflamed? I don't know. Next is epidote. E-P-I-D-O-T-E. Epidote. Noun from 1808. This is a yellowish-green mineral. And, ooh, this is a fun, complicated... Um, Oh, what do they call it? It's the, the symbol with the numbers and the letters, and, or the letters and the numbers, depending on which way your brain works. And it's called the... I'm, I don't want to look it up. I want to think of it. It was something about this... The uh, It starts with an E. It starts with an E. And it's the observation word. The... I can't think of it. Anyway, this whole long list of numbers is uh, letters and numbers starts with ca2 and then there's parentheses i'll get to that part in a second the parentheses has a three so there's three versions of that thing inside the parentheses which is it looks like al comma fe which i think is aluminum and iron and then on the right side of the parentheses is si3 O12, and then another O, and an H. Okay, so this is a yellowish-greenish mineral, usually occurring in grains or columnar masses, and sometimes used as a gemstone. Epidote. So maybe we need to put this on the social media so we can see what epidote looks like. Yellowish-green mineral might be a gemstone. Uh, this is from Greek epididunai, which means to give in addition. That's what that means, to give in addition, which is from epi plus didunai, which means to give, and there's more at the word date. To give in addition, how they turned that into this thing that's this yellowish-greenish mineral, I don't understand that etymological evolution whatsoever. But that's what they did. Fascinating. Okay, that's it for that word, right? I think we finished it. Yes, we did. Next is epidural, or just epidural. E-P-I-D-U-R-A-L. First form, adjective from 1882. Uh, yep, adjective. This is... Situated upon or administered or placed outside the dura matter. Or is it mater? It looks like mater, but I feel like I've heard matter. Dura matter? As in a couple examples. Epidural anesthesia or an epidural abscess. So, where is the dura matter? I feel like I need to do a quick look on this one. I mean, I... I know what an epidural is, and I know where this goes, but I want to make sure I know what's going on. The dura mater, or mater, often gets referred to as merely the dura. It is one of the layers of connective tissue that makes up the meninges of the brain. So, what I've heard is that they will put this epidural shot into 
somewhere in the back to get into the spinal column, which then would go through, I would assume, would go through the spinal column, which is where the nerves are, to get to then connect into the, the dura mater, the brain, the nerve system. And I think what it's doing, it's going gonna, it's gonna to make you numb right? It's anesthesia, make you feel good, feel better, numb, not know what's going on, any of those things. Uh, situated upon, and then so, so that's the anesthesia, but then if you have an abscess, maybe connected to, next to, talking to, related to the dura mater, that would be the epidural abscess. But we also have the second form of epidural, which is it is a noun from 1970, many years later. Later, Now, this one very specifically is an injection of a local anesthetic into the space outside the dura mater of the spinal cord in the lower back region to produce loss of sensation, especially in the abdomen or pelvic region. So, I'm guessing then, if we go back to the first form of epidural, the epidural anesthesia. Now, that one, maybe they're injecting straight into the dura mater in the brain region. I'm not entirely sure. But the epidural that I've heard of is this second one, where they, yes, they said specifically, go into the spinal cord of the lower back region, because then it's going to produce a loss of sensation uh, to the abdomen, the belly area, and the pelvis, the hips, that whole region. And often, usually, this is used when somebody is giving birth and it's going to make it be less painful if they get this epidural. And I've heard a lot of people say, oh yeah, you got to get the epidural. It's, it makes it much better. Uh, but some people don't want any sort of those drugs. They want to feel it all the way. So they... They have a fun time feeling, feeling the labor, uh, but uh, they don't always use this for birth, for labor. Um, I know somebody who got knee surgery, and she got an epidural, and she was like, oh yeah, this is great. I lost all the sensation from that point down, and so she had no pain, no pain for a while, and I'm sure it was a very, very weird, numbing sensation. Um, so yeah, I think anybody can get an epidural. has nothing to do with if you're male or female or pregnant or anything. It's just a way to uh, to numb numb the area. Okay, epidural. Did we talk about any etymology? Um, we don't need to because we can figure out it's from the epi prefix um, and then dura, dural, dura matter, it's next to, related to, placed outside the dura matter, situated upon the dura matter, um, or administered near it. Yeah, so we it all makes sense. Now we know where this word comes from. Okay. Next is epifauna, or epifauna. Fauna, epifauna. E-P-I-F-A-U-N-A, noun from circa 1914. Benthic fauna living on the substrate, uh, the substrate or on other organisms. Okay, sorry, that was a weird, weird way to say all this. Um, let me read that again, though. It is 
benthic fauna living on the substrate or on other organisms. And examples of uh, the substrate would be the hard seafloor. And I believe benthic means uh, ocean or deep or something like that. So this is living things that live on the more than likely the hard seafloor or or they possibly live on top of other organisms that probably live down there deep in the ocean. Um, it says compared to infauna, which either probably live inside of other organisms or just some other area. Epifaunal is an adjective. And um, the etymology, there is none, but I will just say epi because it's on top of either on the seafloor or on other organisms. And then fauna is just the word that we use to describe uh, just living creatures, things that move around probably. Um, they're not plants or fungi. Maybe that would be flora, epiflora, if that's a word. And then uh, epifauna are the living creatures. I always think of deer and fawns when I think of this word epifauna because fawn, 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 fawn. Um, so, uh, yeah, what are, what are some examples? I don't know examples of these, these epifauna. Let's just do a quick little look on the, on the thing. Examples of epifauna. Um, what do we got? Echinoderm, mollusca, crustacean, whatever that is, litoraria angulifera. Um, yeah, so these are things that are living down there in the bottom of the ocean, probably. A squid, a snail. Yeah. Okay. Good stuff. The next word is epigastric. Adjective from circa 1678. One, line upon or over the stomach. Something on your stomach, over your stomach, maybe something, mm, what would this be? I mean, maybe, there could be maybe a cyst or a tumor or something. So it's connected to the stomach in some way. Number 2A, of relating to, supplying, or draining the anterior walls of the abdomen. Okay, really? So supplying... Or drain, so, okay, so supplying the anterior walls of the abdomen or draining the anterior walls of the abdomen. So maybe if you got, well, we were actually just, we just started watching Scrubs. I've never really watched that show. And there was an episode where somebody had a bunch of fluid in their stomach and they had to, they had to stick a big old needle in their belly to drain the liquid. And of course, hilarity ensued. And so maybe this would be related to that epigastric. They had to remove, they had to drain the liquid from the abdomen area. What's this other definition we got? To be of or relating to the abdominal region. So just anything about your abdominal region would be epigastric because your whole gastric system is in there. The next and last word is epigeal, epigeal or epigean, spelled 
E-P-I-G-E-A-L, or, or you can spell it with an N at the end, epigean. Oh, wait, there's a third form, epigeus, E-P-I-G-E-O-U-S. Epigeal, epigean, epigeus. And there's a fourth one, epigeic, E-P-I-G-E-I-C. Wow, four forms of this word, epigeal, epigean, epigeus, epigeic. Okay, what is this word? It is an adjective from 1861. Number one is talking about a cotyledon, C-O-T-Y-L-E-D-O-N, and it is forced above ground by elongation of the hypocotyl. And boy, I, I want to say this is plant-related. I feel like I was looking this up recently, and I can't remember exactly. One of these days, I'm going to know all the stuff. Forced above ground by elongation of the hypocotyl. Yeah, I think this is about plants growing. So, epigeal is... It's a, what is this word? This is an adjective. So, yeah, something about pushing out through the ground and it's being elongated. Number two, marked by the production of epigeal cotyledons, as in the example, epigeal germination. Yeah, this definitely seems plant-related. And number three, living on or near the surface of the ground, also... Relating to or being the environment near the surface of the ground. So relating to the surface of the ground or something that is living on or near the surface of the ground is epigeal. Why? 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 Because. Uh, this is from the Greek word epigaios or epigaios, which means upon the earth. That's what it is, upon the earth, which is from epi plus Gaia, G-A-I-A, which means earth. I think a lot of us have probably heard this word Gaia related to earth, mother earth, maybe, possibly something like that. So, epigeal, epigaia became epigaios, which became epigeal, epigean, epigeus, or epigeic, one of those words. That's what it is. It's on top of the earth. Nailed it. All right. I now need to pick a word of the episode. I don't really feel like it. Should I just, should I do it? Should I? Okay, fine. Let's pick one. We had epidendrum, epidermal, epidermal growth factor, epidermis, epidermoid, epidioscope, epididymis. Yep, that's how you say that word. Epididymis, epididymitis, epidote, epidural, epidural, epifauna, epigastric, and epigeal. Hmm. Which one? Which one do I like? Um, I don't know. I, I'm kind of thinking epigeal. Just, just, just chilling, hanging out on the earth. I'm laying on the grass. I'm chilling out on the grass. I'm an epigeal human just laying on the grass. Yeah. And now that the words are done, here come the movies. I have a lot of movies to talk about. I am so behind 
on my talking about movies here and my posting about movies on social media. I don't know what I'm going to do going forward. But let's talk about a few. Why not? I watched The Marvels, the very, very fun movie um, about badass women made by badass women uh, trying to save the universe. And, of course, you know, it's the, the Marvels, they've got... They, they they really bring the science into this. That's what's pretty cool is that uh, one of them can turn energy light waves into physical matter. One of them can uh, do something else with the light waves. Put do I don't remember the specifics of, but they each can control light waves in different ways. And then what happens? Somehow they get intertwined, and so then when they use the powers, they switch places then, of course, they can use it to their advantage. But it took a while, and there were some very funny things that happened until they got to the point where they were, they had mastered this, this thing. I think it's a very fun movie. Unfortunately, I don't think this movie got nearly as much love as it should have. Unfortunately, probably because it is helmed by women, largely, and that's ridiculous to me. Um, but I think it's... I think it's on par or better than a lot of the other Marvel movies. You know, a lot of people have been saying maybe Marvel is going a little bit downhill, but I think it's just as good and better than a bunch of the other ones. And also, these are these movies are just fun. They're just fun. This new this movie fits in perfectly. There were some very very silly parts that I very much appreciated. I don't think everybody loved them, but I was all for it. What else did I watch? The Holdovers. So different than the Marvels. There should be a crossover from the Marvels and the Holdovers. Uh, Good movie, though. Takes place, I think, in the late 70s, maybe. Good stuff. Probably nominated for Oscars and things. And hey, let's just keep on going. We watched the new horror movie called Thanksgiving. We took my parents to see it on Thanksgiving. And uh, I think they, they didn't enjoy it as much as we did, but I think they had a good time. I loved it. It's great. Hunger Games... Well, I'm calling it The Hunger Games 4, but it's not. It's The Hunger Games, The Song of Snakes and Something, and it's a very long title. And uh, yeah, it was it was enjoyable overall. Um, it's, uh, it's just really hard to watch a movie, even though it's fiction, to watch something that is just like... The, the, the political side of things, the the upper class, the lower class, the, yeah, let's just kill people for entertainment. That's that's just a really tough uh, topic. Uh, Wet Hot American Summer. Uh, Sharon and I watched this after we watched The State live in Chicago, and we said, we got to go home, and we got to rewatch Wet Hot American Summer because we love that movie so much. It's so good. Ooh, I would love to get those guys on this show. That would be great. Okay, that's a long, long episode. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast and maybe watching this show on YouTube if you've made it this far. Hi, this has been Spencer Dispensing Information. Goodbye. Goodbye.